Hello, my children. Welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for movie and television lovers. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving meal. This week we watched three, yes, three movies about vampires. Ah, ah, ah. ah. I am joined by major fangirl Sonia Stenger. And the only man I would say bite me to, Jeremy Leguie. <laughs> oh. Hi. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey. Welcome to our second week of Spooky Films October. <gasps> spooky Films October. Or whatever we've decided to call it. Really. <laughs> the Spooktober Spooktacular. Yes. Spookytober, whatever you want to call it. So this week we each chose a vampire film. And who boy, it was a fun. I honestly loved all of the films we watched this week. I, I liked all but one. It was a wild ride. Hmm. All but one, eh? Yeah. I feel like I know which one, but <laughs> you're all, I, you're, I can't. You already, you already know, but I don't think you know why. Okay, I can't wait to find out. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's start. Yeah. Let's do it. Jeremy, yeah. tell me about your film. Uh, I picked a little, a little, uh, a little movie from uh, 1995. Uh, starring Eddie Murphy, Angela Bassett, and a few other pretty, pretty, uh, I don't know, pretty spectacular folks. It's called uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. Um, it is, uh, yes. it's, it's of course, um, I, I, I'm trying to remember if there is another movie, like another old vampire movie, where this is the exact plot. Because it's pretty, like, it's pretty close. It's got all the parts that, like, a classic vampire movie has. But essentially, um, Eddie Murphy plays Max, Max Maximilian, I believe, and he comes to New York uh, in search of a bride so that he can continue to live forever. And uh, it's he's kind the last of funny. Vampire. He is the last. Uh, it's kind of funny, and if you watch the trailer, it's definitely pitched as a funny movie. But I feel like as it goes, one of my com- one of my questions was: Is this a comedy? Yes or no. I don't know. I have no idea. Because I, I feel I like as it goes, yeah, as it goes on, it definitely loses the the comedy, for sure. Um, which I think are some pretty strong parts. Uh, I'm also still a sucker for Eddie Murphy wearing a very Hollywood mask and playing another role that doesn't really fit his face, a la uh, Sherman Klump. Um, which but, he does, uh, and he does in several iterations. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. He's not playing one guy, um, come on. So, yeah, because it's Eddie Murphy, we get two mm-hmm. other characters. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of wow. crazy. Uh, I, I, I watched it this time, and I was like, this is literally just two different movies cut together. Mm-hmm. Like, they just literally, and Eddie Murphy's good. Like, he, like he's, but some of the choices don't make sense. I still love it. Yeah. I still really like it. Um, but uh, yeah, what did you guys think? Have you seen this before? No, I have not seen this before. I have never seen this before. And um, I was, I was, I was, I was surprised. I was continually surprised. I will say that. Because it really is. You kind of think it's one thing and you're like, okay, it's this like wacky Eddie Murphy vampire movie. But then it becomes honestly more about Angela Bassett and sort of her internal struggle because we find out, spoiler alert, she's half vampire. And... She's like kind of in love with him, but maybe just under his thrall. I don't know. I mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how I feel about this movie, honestly. I uh, agree. Did I really appreciate the uncle nephew uh, comedic stylings? Yes. <laughs> yes, I thought they were very hysterical. 
Um, did I need Eddie Murphy to play uh, like that Italian sort of Guido? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> or the alcoholic preacher? Also, like, <laughs> like they were all like skits that should have been in a different film and really didn't. <laughs> but it was still really funny when he's got the entire church being like, "Evil is good," <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know. I think there's something like because it's sort of like an SNL movie. Yeah. Every time I watch it, I think it's like like was Lauren Michaels involved here, and he wasn't just because it's sort of an Eddie Murphy style of doing things. But um, I don't know. It's just got so many like fun, crazy parts, and uh, the production value is so good. And the end is like a hundred percent. Wes Craven clearly just took over and said like this is how it has to end. So Eddie Murphy was in charge of Max, and Wes Craven was in charge of Angela Bassett, and they just both, like, co-made a movie. I think that's what yeah, happened. Yeah, Cause, uh, yeah. Because, yeah, I've seen other, like, scarier yeah, movies. Angela, yeah, Angela brought, like, a legitimacy to this role that I thought was very funny. <laughs> she was just like, I'll play this, like, a real dang role, and she did. Mm-hmm. Um, although a part that I thought was very funny is every time she would run like frightened, she would be like windmilling her arms like a crazy person, like <laughs> yeah. running like a joke run. She'd be like, <laughs> well, and, <that's laughs> and I don't know what like, that choice was about. Yeah, even the serious elements of this film would have some of those like jo- that jokey sheen to it, where you're like, mm-hmm. wait, why, <laughs> what? <laughs> that made it tonally confusing, but also kind of amusing. <laughs> But also, I think, and I, I, I don't know why I feel this way, but for, like, a movie in 1995, all of the effects are so appropriate mm. that, like, it just works. And, like, it looks so polished and so good. And I think Eddie, a strange decision as it was, is still doing, like, quite a bit of good work there. But I don't know if anyone would have bought it as a serious, like, Bram Stoker style drag, right? I don't think anyone would have been okay with him playing that role necessarily maybe now maybe i should call him and tell him it's time yeah <laughs> yeah tell him call, call eddie up and tell him yeah it it was giving me kind of like coming to america like it was like basically the coming to america character but mm-hmm. he also was a vampire yes, well, yeah because exactly what was that accent like was it supposed Va- to be vampire. like island like caribbean or was it supposed so. to be like Eastern Europe? Because I honestly couldn't tell. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that's because that's where Angela Bassett's character's parents come from. Yeah, right. That was the whole. So I think that's, I think I think it's like a you know an American tale sort of deal. But um, yeah, I don't. I just like so many things stand out to me, like the one liners about having Italian for supper. <laughs> Or anything that his cab driver yeah. guy says, or the end where he kind of becomes—I don't know what it is—like a, a like vampire, vampire zombie. Yeah, or, yeah. But um, you know, it's just like when, when he's go ahead, Sean. cured from being a ghoul. Yeah, yeah. He was scary as the ghoul, though. Like parts of it actually surprised me by how scared I got. <laughs> Even though I know it was so cartoonish and over the top, it did a couple times make me like recoil a little. Yeah. So. That was who you were scared of? I think he was supposed to be the, the comedic foil. He was, but he looked so scary. <laughs> he was gross. But Eddie Murphy also gross. scared me um, <laughs> a few times. 
Yeah, I was reading an interview that he was, he blames the failure of the film purely on the wig. <laughs> he believes that that was the only reason that. <laughs> that it I mean, it's not wrong. That's not, that's not our incorrect statement. It's a poor wigman who, who blames his tools, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it man. was a pretty bad wig. That's fair. <laughs> um, also, they don't, they kind of just start the film with, uh, an empty a ship that Eddie Murphy is on full of dead people and that's just how it begins <laughs> so we're kind yeah. of we join right in the middle of this sort of story where we're not sure how that happened that's that's how vampires travel Sean they need enough food to get from A to B man mm. right so you just slowly eat the crew as you go um, and what did you guys think about Angela Bassett's roommate Nikki who suffers a terrible end I I th- I get that they were operating in the tradition of vampire movies where there's this kind of concern with dangerous female sexuality and like unfettered female sexuality and how that's a threat to society. Like I think we can agree that's kind of an undertone of vampire media. But yeah. She was just she was literally just there as a plot device who was horny. Like that was her whole thing. Yeah, 100%. And oh yeah, I, and she. We just listened for several minutes of Nikki getting her back blown out by Eddie Murphy, <laughs> and that's her like. <laughs> and that's like her whole thing. And it's like, like not really as a seductive vampire thing. <laughs> like it was a little more hardcore than it was than quite it hardcore. Is. Oh yeah, like I turned my TV down because I didn't want my neighbors to get ideas. <laughs> like. <laughs> But yeah, she literally just like, she tries to seduce Angela Bassett's p- detective partner, who Angela Bassett's in love with, knowing she's in love with him, and like literally follows him out to the yeah, street to try and seduce him. And then he blows her off, and then Eddie Murphy shows up, and she's just like, yeah, come upstairs. And it's like... But he's, he's got some magic. No right? woman living the... in New York in the 90s would ever make that choice. Just saying. <laughs> well, maybe if he was wearing a wig like that, he would have... <laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah, those streets, those streets of New York seemed so dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> like New York in the 90s. There's like guys? evil clouds of smoke billowing everywhere. <laughs> or yes, 90s. <laughs> Probably the 80s too. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I I wasn't sure about Nikki as a whole person. Mm-hmm. Well, she was not a whole person, exactly. that's for sure. She was a, sh- a shell of a... Well, not near the end, especially. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay, let's move on to the second... Let's move on to the second film. Uh, this was at my suggestion. Um, I'd never seen it before. It, it was called Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, and it stars Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, Anthony Hopkins, Keanu Reeves. Everyone. Uh, I have, remember seeing trailers for this when I was a kid. And I was like... I thought it was like a, the height of horror movies. And going into it, I thought that there would be a lot of very sumptuous costumery and, like, everyone at the top of their acting game and just full horror. Um, but it wasn't really all that. No. <laughs> um, That's one way to put it, Sean. <laughs> full stop, Sean. Full stop. It wasn't really all that. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's, let's, talk, let's talk performances. Let um who stood out to you guys? <laughs> well, I don't. Okay, this is. I can't decide if I think Gary Oldman did a really good job, or 
it was just ridiculous. Like, I I think yeah. it has a lot to do with direction and sort of the tone of the film. This isn't about performance, but I don't understand the hair choice on that one. His head looks like a butt. That wig, that like... Uh-huh. The two That the two white clubs. sort of, uh, <laughs> like, queen of clubs. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. just looks like he has a butt on his head. And I found that deeply distracting. Um, but, and then Keanu and Winona <laughs> both... I don't are just I don't know what's I don't know I'd like to hear your guys thoughts uh I, f- I feel that as time goes on it's more apparent to me that both Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves were just children in this movie mm. and um yeah totally. An- Anthony Hopkins I think is a solid act like yeah. I think he just shows up to work does what he needs to do it's not Hannibal Lecter so he doesn't need to give it 110 <laughs> and then pulls away um I think Gary Oldman did a really good job in this just because I do think that there were a lot of choices about like ways to make it honestly just weird and unsettling Mm. after a while. It's just too much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you're in his like fun house situation and Keanu's just oh, a surfer boy who's scared running around Oh, totally. and he's lost his board and and he doesn't know like, you know, well, it fades in and out. Um, (laughs) But um, it's actually been. Uh, do you ever watch that speech? The there's the accent trainer for Hollywood guy on YouTube. Do you ever watch that? No, guy? I want to. Uh, apparently, no. he was involved in this in some like assistantary fact way, and uh, they just didn't have enough time to prepare everybody mm. accent wise. That's what it was. So that's interesting. I don't know. Well, but yeah, there's a there's a lot like Keanu's accent. Okay, <laughs> well, first of all, Keanu looks so beautiful yeah. in this. he looks like a doll it's like a, just a young Keanu like at the t- tip of his prime um, <laughs> but yeah his line delivery there's one where he says he's like look he's grown young <laughs> like he's yeah. so just like complete California Fully boy and, and you're just yeah. like what <laughs> yeah it is it's, it's just Bill and Ted yeah it is and which he, which he filmed too. the year oh. before he filmed it the year before mm. everybody so maybe he hadn't broken really? character yet and um, didn't have enough time to rebuild winona <laughs> has a line from the trailer that i remember from a child being a child and it stuck with me forever when she's like has the bloody mouth and she's like she's like take me away from all this death <laughs> and i was like scared of it it's really scary <laughs> it is scary. but also it's not really it it's it is not as effective in the movie as it is in the trailer, unfortunately. No. And she had moments where she, I thought, um, really nailed the accent, but then other mm-hmm. times where yeah. I was just like, "Why are you like completely flat? Like, why are you just giving us nothing?" No, that's that. Um, yeah, I definitely uh, agree. A person that wasn't giving completely nothing was her friend Lucy. Yeah, who was just like. <laughs> who was giving a real tour de force. She was just like full unbridled sexuality, like shockingly. A bit of a Nikki situation, if um, you will. A witch? A bit of a Nikki situation yeah. from Vampire in Brooklyn, the roommate. Oh yeah, very Nikki, yeah. you're yeah. right. But that's that's always the, the formula, um, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, you've got the, yeah. The wanton. Mm-hmm. Who gets her comeuppance. The wanton. Um, mm. And there's also my favorite line reading is, 
when Anthony Hopkins, uh, Winona Ryder's like, was she in pain? And he's like, oh yeah, she was in a great deal of pain. And then we cut off her head. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh no. Anthony Hopkins kind of like manic reading of Van Helsing is so good to me. Like mm-hmm. I, I think it's perfect. And because I think I actually haven't read the book. Um, don't tell anyone because I think they will take away my English degree. We are but, live um, on the radio. Live, <laughs> live to tape on the radio. Um, but I think in the book, if I am correct, he's actually on cocaine the whole time, Van Helsing. Yeah. So it really works for me in that way. I, I just assume they're all on cocaine. That really works to me. Yeah. You could tell. Yeah. What, what, I, Let's I just, talk like imagery. Yeah. Like, well, oh, sorry. We're, gonna, we're talking about the same thing, Sean. I was going to so, Okay, I was gonna say let's get into like some costumes and imagery and stuff. Did any what stuck out to you guys? Um, I still to this day love the shadow, mm. and I know that I shouldn't. And it's like kind of like it's almost cartoony at this point. Like it's it's not. I don't know how they did it exactly, yeah. but um, it was. I remember I watched this so young, you guys. I can't even. It was like probably nineteen ninety five. Um, but uh, what year did it come out? Yeah. Um. I just remember thinking, like, like you watched it when. Oh, yeah, no. I was six years old. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, my cousins. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Um, mm-hmm. uh, I just it was so unsettling, and it's such a cool like idea that he's got this like I don't know if it's a power or if it's another being or like what it is, but it's pulled off so well yeah. in so many instances, like all the subtlety of it. Um, and then I don't know. I don't hate the. The, the hair bum as much as you guys seem to hate it. Uh, it's like an atrocious yeah, look. To like, me, I'm not trying to like big defend. Catholic imagery mm. is what I got from that. Mm. That's interesting. Like with the red gown and the that's why I, I that's what I read from it and I kind of didn't mind it. Except for when the part where Keanu looks out the wall window and sees him crawling like a spider across the wall and that was <laughs> tough. Yeah, um I did start watching this last night and then decided to watch Vampire in Brooklyn instead because it was a little spooky. Like, not totally, but just mm-hmm. spooky enough that at nighttime wasn't doing it for me. Um, mm. And I think part of that was the shadow thing you're talking about, Jer, and then other moments where they really tried to make it look like or at least, like, do a take on just really, like, old classic cinema effects and sort of like Mm -hmm. the way that they would move even and the way like and they would kind of use it to transition at times and I thought that was actually used really effectively um to kind of create the tone of the thing but um yeah oh a little too much blood for me also which I know like it's a vampire movie so that's to be expected I didn't mind the amount of blood (laughs) it was very cartoonish but like I don't know it was just a lot I was getting over the amount of billowing curtains, billowing gowns. Mm. Like, it was very, like, like okay, we get it. Right. <laughs> Gothic novel, um, we get it. Although, yeah, we get it. Um, but Lucy's funeral gown, mm. it's like that wedding gown. And, this, uh, and she has, like, this crazy headpiece. And she is so white, except for her, like, red mouth. Mm-hmm. I loved that. I loved that whole scene. It was very, mm-hmm. very disturbing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I quickly, do you guys remember, I think it's only at the start, but we see Dracula as Vlad in his armor with like the licorice muscles. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh yeah, very strawberry licorice. Yeah, and like I was just like, what could that even be? Like, what could like, what what are they trying to convey? Like, is that supposed to be flesh? Like, what like what is that? And every, every once in a while in this movie, it's just like, what what is this thing? Mm. What am I looking at? You know. And also, what if 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 Dracula can look like young and hot all the time with his round glasses? Why doesn't he just do that? I don't think it's all the time. I yeah, think he has to be Yeah, if he can do this cute steampunk enough. man. <laughs> yeah, he has to he has to eat enough. Yeah. But I mean, you know, just just uh, you know, eat a drink a blood shake a day, bro. I think it also maybe has to do yeah, with his why proximity would you ever be to the earth. Queen of Hearts. Oh. Like to the earth from Transylvania? Oh. I don't know. There were a lot of things about that this movie that I found quite of... confusing. There was a weak part for me was I never knew when we were in England or when yeah. we were at the castle because they seemingly were back and forth constantly. Mm-hmm. And it like takes a minute to get between. Yeah. Like, you see you see like a fade of a map and then you're there. Yeah. You're just like, what ha- What just happened? 18 months have passed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I found that, yeah, the sense True. of like space and time was a little off for me. Oh, yeah. I was very dis... And maybe that's like intentional somewhat, but it made it hard to follow the story. So... Mm-hmm. Don't like that. No. Mm-hmm. But I also, um, I do think the strongest part was Keanu's sort of like entry into the castle with the brides and mm. all of the, just all of the weird. Because after that, we do get into more of like, like that's, well, there's first of all, an 80 minute introduction to what happened to him. <laughs> yeah. Followed, followed by a very good portion where we find out like Keanu's sort of ex- fi- learning all these things. And then the like story starts, sort of. But um, yeah, yeah. I I liked the. I also really liked um, the Renfield part where he's uh, played by Tom Waits. Also, mm-hmm. oh yeah, um, his he looked really good. He's got yeah. this old timey insane asylum stuff going on, <laughs> and it's very that was really gross and uh, disturbing, and he. I just like I didn't actually recognize Tom Waits. I thought he oh, did no? really good. Oh yeah, no, he did amazing. Being uh, having an English accent right off but the hop that insane really asylum sets is you aside. Scary. Yeah, the insane asylum was terrifying. I, I thought Richard like E. Nice Grant to... also did just a really like good cages job. Cages over heads and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Who? Who was he? He was like the doctor. Yeah. Jack, I think. I had no idea. He was really good. Um, he had his telltale like Bob haircut with a little goatee situation. <laughs> I feel like that's what he always has. It's <laughs> like Lindman while Miranda. Yeah, haircut. a little bit. <laughs> um, okay, wait, Jer. So was this one of the ones you liked or didn't like? Oh, I like I like this movie. Mm, okay. Yeah, I was right then. Yeah, of course. You what were. you did? Oh my! I know. Goodness. Yeah, we'll talk. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about why. There's a specific reason. <sighs> wow. And you guys will both be like, oh, okay. That's what you'll say. That's exactly what you'll say. Yeah. Oh. I don't don't know if that's what I'll be saying. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what it is. But when you find out, you'll be like, oh, all right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Is there anything else that you guys want to say to put a button on this particular film? Uh, I think that we should all consider getting the butt hair. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that I have I'm the bone structure opposed. for it. 
I would rather I would rather have Lucy's like long flowing red hair. That's that's what I want. No, we 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 all would obviously. Come on. <laughs> and some of those gowns. Um, until you get eaten by a wolf. This is also yeah. another thing is that uh, Gary Oldman's form changed every minute into a new thing. Like he's a wolf. He's mm-hmm. a Dracula. He's an old man. He's a di- like. I could never get a pinpoint as to what he was. He's a mystery. And mm. uh, he's a mystery. He's a. He's a but did did you guys know vampires could turn into wolves? Because I didn't. In the in the I believe in the novel, yeah, they can change into like anything. Wow. Pretty much. It depends on wow. you know again what reading. Like didn't um, did uh, didn't Max do it in Vampire Brooklyn? Yeah, he did, and I was yeah. confused then too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, huh. Well, uh, I have some bad news. We must hear a word <laughs> from our sponsors. <laughs> this accent is terrible now. We'll be I back talking it. vampire films on Spoiler Alert on ninety one point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. And we are back on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We have more vampire films for you to sink your teeth into, but first we play a little game lovingly called The Game. It's game time, people! Wah! Ah, 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 ah! I was going to do it as an air horn, but then it just came out as a laugh. Well, there you go. I appreciate it either way. Uh, For those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, The Game is where I spend, like, I think five minutes this week looking for a, a title related to our topic that these two have not seen. I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a great time. Sean and Sonia, are you guys ready to play the game? Yeah, I am. Okay, this week's title is Daybreakers. That title again, Daybreakers. I would also appreciate it if you could each give me who the leading man of this movie is. What actor... Is starring. It's a male. Ma- it's a male human. It's a male man. It's a male, it's a male man. man. What? Who is in Daybreakers? Who would like to go first? I can go. So I believe that this is about. Um, it's about gods, gods and goddesses that are in charge of the world and all, everything that happens, and they give a new assignment to uh, to make the sun come up to this. Uh, a teenage god played by a feisty um, Kiefer Sutherland. And he is uh, really bad at it. In fact, one and then one day when he's trying to make the sun come up, he drops the ball and, uh, and he can't make the sun come up. And so it, the world is an eternal night. And so then he is forced to try and solve the problem. Uh, well, and if he doesn't, then he is not going to be a god anymore. So, Ooh. You know. Okay. Wow. Thank you. No yeah, problem. That sounds great. Creative. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Sonia? I think Daybreakers is about a faction of vampires who are also physicists, and they figure out a way to, quote unquote, break the day and make it eternal night. Mm. Um, now, the lead vampire is played by Ryan Phillippe. Because oh. he's so pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that's all the key information. <laughs> that's all we need to know. Yeah. Uh, okay, thank you. Thank you both very much. Um, you guys are both uh, not close in any way, shape, or form, oh. uh, which is good. Uh, Daybreakers is a 2009 movie. It's pretty crazy. I'm going to tell you a lot about it. There's a lot more about it that happens. But essentially... 
Um, the world is overrun by vampires, and they control everything. Mm. And they keep humans in these weird capsules to farm their blood, so they keep them alive to supply their population. Um, but slowly they get overrun um, because vampires don't die. And if they starve, they turn into, like, feral, scary vampires, you know, that are, like, wild animals. Anyway, um, uh, the, in the lead role, we have, uh, of course, Ethan Hawke. Who else could it have been? Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, he meets Willem Dafoe, who is a former vampire and has figured out how to fix himself and unchange himself to back to a human. Okay. Um, it's pretty crazy. Uh, Sam Neill plays the villain, who's, like, the head of vampire corp in this blood shortage and uh it is just so strange you guys and part of me thinks it's good and part of me thinks it's terrible and i i really yeah i don't know i don't know what else to say about it if you like vampire movies and weird sci-fi you should watch this movie and if you don't you should probably avoid All right. I just, feel like just saying. I feel like I, I was not that far off from Ethan Hawke. You're with, not with you Ryan Philby. No. no, no, you're. You, that's you know, it's pretty close. Yeah. Uh, the game is, of course, brought to you by the biggest theater in town, standing tall at over 838 Ethan Hawks stacked up, <laughs> lying a, in a huge mound. He's a short man. The, the Kramer IMAX Theater at the Saskatchewan Science Center is the premier place to watch movies right now. And if you guys play Daybreakers, I would come. I would totally come. And I don't know why you haven't. If you guys do it, I'll be I'll be there to watch it. I want to see Ethan Hawk that big. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there it is. There it is. But wait, you guys, there's more. Oh. Radiothon 2020 is almost here. Oh boy. Uh. As you all know, Radiothon is a week-long festival of special programming and a fundraiser for Regina Community Radio. It starts on Friday, October 16th at 4 p.m. and ends Friday, October 23rd at 4 p.m. This year, we are raising $20,000 to reach our 20th anniversary, which is next year. Donations of $50 and more received limited edition gifts, and every donation of $25 is entered in a draw for one of two special prize packages at the end of Radiothon. Celebrate local voices and culture by streaming, tuning in, and pledging your support to 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Visit cjtr.ca for full details. And guys, guess what? It hasn't even started, but tickets are already going. There's only 20 left. <laughs> oh my god. How Hurry. does this happen? Jerry, Hurry now. Be printing more, more tickets. <laughs> There's not even tickets. Oh my god. Well. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. Thank you for letting us know, Jared. Thank you for that update about availability. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Anytime. Now we come into our, our third film, and this was Sonia's choice. Sonia, yes. can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes. So um, this is a 2013 film uh, by Jim Jarmish, who I hadn't I didn't really know. Um, he made Broken Flowers. That was the one that I think maybe people would know about. This was actually a recommendation from friend of the show... Uh, film superfan Jim Brotheridge. The fifth um, Beatle, Jim Brotheridge. Yes, thank you so much, Jim. <laughs> I probably would have picked something dumb if not for you. Um, and this is basically about... I, this is very different than the other two movies we yes. watched in some key ways. Very different in scope, I would say. Um, it's focused on these two ancient vampire lovers, Adam and Eve, 
unclear whether they're the literal Adam and Eve, but I kind of think that's what the film suggests. Um, who are living in separate cities. She's in Tangier, he's in Detroit, but then they come back together because he needs her, basically. He's a, he's a sad boy. Um, and it's mm-hmm. basically sort of them coming to terms with their existence in the modern world and struggling to stay alive, but, you know, unalive. Yeah. <laughs> struggling to stay uh, together. Um and uh, they're played by, so she's played by Tilda Swinton. He's played by Tom Hiddleston. I loved both of their performances. And, I did too. Yeah. Ah, it was such an interesting movie. I loved it. I'm curious what you guys thought. Um, I also really enjoyed this film. It was, it just felt like a love letter to so many things. Mm. Like just literature and science and like classic cars and instruments and recording equipment um and also weirdly a love letter to detroit it felt very lovely like that city um yeah it was just it was very languid and existential and like sexy dare i say Mm -hmm. yeah i i really also kind of gritty yeah Mm -hmm. i liked how it just it really took its time because that's just how they live because there's no need to hurry with anything. And yeah, I also really enjoy this film. Uh, I, I have a question before I say what I'm going to say. And I was, it's, I just, the whole time, why were they separated? Does, did they say what the reason was or anything? I, I think like that the, you just spend too much time with someone, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think he kind of ha- was like trying to, he, he obviously was dealing with some profound self-loathing yeah. and existential dread. And so I think he almost like exiled himself from mm-hmm. her. That was kind of the vibe I got. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. you go. Sorry. Well, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm on the fence about this one, as I am with all things. And I think once I explain myself, you guys will be like, okay. Um, first and foremost, in the first 30 minutes, the very indulgent, like, bits about guitars and books and like all the things are so beautiful like that like it's it gets to be a bit too much but like you like you really kind of like get into these things and you know i don't care that much about guitars but i can like appreciate what they're trying to do and convey and everything there's also some sort of quality about the hands of the vampire that they have to wear gloves sometimes to not feel like, like Tilda Swinton Eve can like date things perfectly. So maybe she can see their lives or something. I'm not exactly, they don't, again, they don't explain a lot, which I think is fine. Um, this is so similar to coffee and cigarettes. It's so similar, you guys. And it's, it's in the style that he did it. And in coffee and cigarettes, have you, either of you seen it? No. Uh, so it's his earlier film, and it's in segments that have different actors, and it's all very loosely sort of bound together, and sometimes people are characters and sometimes they're not. It's good. It's really great. Um, and this is just like that with vampires. Mm-hmm. And it's it's definitely like a, a style of filmmaking, right? Like Michael Bay makes Michael Bay films, mm-hmm. and this director, whose name is escaping me for right now... Jim Jarmusch. Thank you, is... He makes his own films, which I think is totally fine. It's a little bit indulgent. I don't know. I really loved how it kind of didn't matter that they were vampires. That was probably the best part of the whole thing. Just because they're, like, in this situation 
and you know him getting blood and interacting with um what's his name dr faust or dr watson yeah jeffrey wright like it's just so weird and like such a good relationship honestly i think that this movie for me was like if they had cut 30 minutes it might be my favorite movie of all time Wow. Oh, really? I, yeah. I, did, I liked, as I said earlier, I liked how long it took for things to happen because that was just mm-hmm. kind of how they are. Um, I also, I liked his relationship with that person because when you see these people in real life and see how shocking, like jarring it is because they're so weird looking and like mm-hmm. intense, then I like how everyone's like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I, you, yeah, like, I love Tilda the whole Swinton. thing of them wearing sunglasses mm-hmm. just because it kind of mediates that effect a little bit. <laughs> Tilda Swinton looks so wild in this, like a mm-hmm. like a crazy albino, like meerkat. Like her eyes are uh, like the size of my of like Coke cans. They're just like yeah. mm-hmm. so freaky. Um, um, yeah, and well, yeah. John Hurt as well. Um, oh. There's I it's. It's always a situation where I'm like, kind of like, re- I like, I really want to know what all the other people are doing. Like, if we just could have followed that kid who buys him the guitars. Yeah, for, yeah I'm obsessed for with a Ian. Scene. I'm like, obsessed I, with John Hurt. Poor, yeah. poor Anton. Yeah, man. Yeah, Anton Yelchin. Yeah. R.I.P. He's oh, just trying so to be good. sexy and cool. Or not sexy. He's just trying to be helpful and cool. Yeah. I have sexy on the brain. Um, <laughs> and it, it got him, he got himself drank yeah yeah hey, one yeah. of my favorite lines of this movie is you drank ian yeah that that is it was <laughs> i oh, oh that was so good it was the best i liked it was the best too when he's when uh tom hiddleston is sitting beside his best friend who's dead now his only and he's friend. like and he's like look what she did to my gibson <laughs> <laughs> They're sitting, yeah, they're both sitting on they're either like side. Because her, her insane sister, Ava, who shows up, also such a fascinating character. I forget that okay. actress's name, Mia That's Warnkowski. Mia Wasikowski. Um, and mm. I, I was, so the whole film, they kind of are leading up to like, your sister is coming, and they're kind of scared of her. And I thought that she was going to be sort of this dark, powerful energy and then when she arrives, she's literally just like a dumb kid. Like, and I don't, I don't know that part. I felt a little let down by because I thought I, that she would be a very like, um, you know, someone to really combat. And I really liked wouldn't. that because it was it was so human, right? That like the major source of conflict in their relationship is her sister, mm-hmm. like, yeah. and because she's just a pain in the butt, uh, really, like. For- from the, the neck, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, from the mention of Ava, I like I, I was delivered a hundred percent what I was expecting, mm. and I don't know if that's because I have a sister in law who, in no way, shape, or form, acts that way at <laughs> all. But uh, I just like you know, like like he can't say no, so it's not mm. that awful. But he's very vocal about him. Like, you can't just say you don't want someone to be there. That's not polite. Like, that's not a thing you do. Anyway. But, yeah, it's just crazy. And then she ate Ian. She drank him. She, she just did. Like, Which, like, I, you could see coming a mile away also. Oh, my also. God, like, yes. You, it was just like, and I don't know. I love that when when in a narrative a character arrives and you're like, I know exactly what this character is going to do. And the characters also kind of know exactly what that character is going to do. But there's like this inevitability to that conflict and to that like climax. I was a little annoyed that Tom Hiddleston, who 
doesn't trust Ava at all and knows what she's going to do. He's just like, Ian, you should leave right now. And he's like, yeah, I'll leave really, really soon. And then he's like, okay. And then he, and then Tom leaves. And it's like, no, you know, to make sure that he's out of the house because you know what she's going to do. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just him, like, accepting the inevitability. Like, the whole film is sort of them just, like, facing the inevitability of what's happening to them and their decay and their their inability to thrive in their current environment. Mm. Yeah. But I, also, I want to talk about John um, Hurt for a second. And I yeah. love... As Christopher Marlowe. Oh, yes. And dope. all of the stuff that they build towards yeah. him having actually written all of Shakespeare's stuff and how Shakespeare's just like a dumb yeah. human who stole his stuff. I loved that storyline. And I love how it was like pretty small in the grand scheme of the film. But like they just like they p- sprinkled in some little nuggets about it and then they sort of fully reveal it to you. And I really loved it. I really did. I uh, Yeah, the little touches where like how Tom Hiddleston like wrote you know some famous pieces of work yeah pieces of music or like they that they've all just kind of creatively creative creatively like helped throughout history but not got their due is very interesting um i did find it and i'm curious to see how you guys felt and i found it fr- frustrating because of the director's previous work but like the thing with the bullet I thought was like mm. a really interesting, like, because we never really find it. Like he's, he's bored and he's sick of being alive. Like that's essentially the, the button on it. But I mean, like, I thought it was going to kind of go down the road of like, he needs like the threat of death to like be creative or something. Like that's kind of where I thought it was going. Mm. But the fact that it just never comes up again or that like it doesn't accidentally go off and kill the sister, you know, like any of the yeah. things that could have. Like, uh, yeah, why was it there Chekhov. if it wasn't going to be used for something? Yeah. Um, and I think, like, I don't know. I I can think of this movie as, like, very discrete parts that could easily be, like, a little film on their own, which is what Coffee and Cigarettes is. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm hung up on it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What did you guys think? Did you feel like it was a series of parts? Kind of, but I also like how it unified. Yeah, I guess like I, like I took it, it as, as just like a thing that has happened to them over like a millennia of times. Like this mm-hmm. is yeah. just a snapshot of like what what they do and they'll do in the future. Like how then they're just like, oh, I guess we have to get rid of Ian now. And they both, they just know inherently what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, with, that... And find the acid pool that is somehow in Detroit. That's, oh, no, that's, uh, that's just water, Sean. That's all that is. That's just the regular old water, <laughs> tap water of Detroit. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's Michigan that place. for you. <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyway, I really enjoyed watching this film, and I was glad that Sonia and James brought it to our attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, James. <laughs> I'll have to watch. I'll have to watch some of his other stuff because yeah, I was into mm-hmm. it. Yeah, um, and also really it gave me it reminded me a little bit because have you guys seen Crimson Peak? It's Mm-mm. Tom Hiddleston and Mia Wasikowski is in that as well, and it's very it's about not necessarily vampires, but maybe like otherworldly mm-hmm. people. Uh, anyway, it's it's pretty great too. Did you anyway, guys uh, did you guys ever see High Rise with Tom Hiddleston? No, but I oh my god, oh do you know this? Sonia, you know the story of High Rise, right? Is that that's not the one with 
the big tower and nobody um, has to leave, so they the go rock. to war. Oh no! They go the Rock. So like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that that movie? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm mixing. Or it maybe up. that's called like the tower. It's like skyscraper or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's called skyscraper. <laughs> Not high rise. Uh, check out high rise. It will okay. hurt your. It'll hurt your brain, but it's really oh, cool. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I think we should bid adieu to the vampire films. Um, and move into what you watching. What you guys what you, been watching this week? What you watching? Um, I'll I'll talk because I have the I've had the same what you watching for three what you watchings not in a row, but um, the boys has concluded mm-hmm. season two, and ever like for in in the past however long it took them to film that all of the people involved became a list actors. And it just got so weird and so good. And if if you can get through the weirdness of season one and a half, the end of season two is so crazy and violent and pretty disturbing. And, you know, Superman covered in blood. It's great. It's really great stuff. You should check it out. Sounds fun. It's good. It's so good. Um. Sorry. I decided that, you know, I didn't have quite enough blood and gore in my life this week. So I decided, as I sometimes do, to watch a murder documentary on Netflix. Oh, no. Called uh, American Murder, The Family Next Door. Oh, you saw it? Oh, I did. I watched it. Okay. Um, which is about, well, should I say, mm, it's one of the I'm things sure. where it's like, well, it's a true story. Yeah, I'm sure you could say, a, tell us a little bit. Well, okay, so it's this this woman, Shanann Watts, who's the mother of two little girls, um, disappears along with the girls. And obviously the prime suspect is her husband, who for all intents and purposes seems normal. But we meet him kind of like as it's all police body cameras and like their own footage from like her Facebook and stuff. So it makes it feel very intimate and voyeuristic and like to this almost like next level. Like, you know, all murder documentaries do, but this one like really does. And you kind of meet him from the beginning of the investigation. And so he seems highly suspicious the whole time. And I won't say who done it, but like. Oh, do they find out what happened? It resolves itself? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It resolves itself. Like you could Google it right now and, and know the answer, but. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's really dark <laughs> and really sad, but yeah, interesting. Sad. Have you seen the stuff online with people freaking out about? Um, there's like some shot where they're talking to him, and there's kids in the room behind. I have watched that clip a few times, and I don't see anything in the room. Mm-hmm. I so de- I don't know. I definitely saw kids in there. I was like, okay, fine. Yeah, it Do doesn't that. make sense though because it's after they disappeared. So, oh. and like, are. Not alive. So. Interesting. <laughs> so, wow. I didn't know how to say that. <laughs> okay, wow, anyway. Wow. Y'all should watch it if you want to be sort of depressed about the, de- the depths of human people. depravity. Oh, God. There we go. <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I uh, I also watched a bit of a bloody film this week. I watched A Little Monsters. Oh, um, yeah? Oh. And, yeah, it's an Australian film uh, about a sort of deadbeat uncle who takes his nephew on, like, a field trip uh, with this, like, aggressively, like, cheery teacher played by Lupita Nyong'o. And so they're at this petting zoo, and then all of a sudden zombie 
outbreak happens and she is like trying to get the whole class through the zombie outbreak without them knowing or like being scared. And so she's just like is doing all this like trickery and uh, tomfoolery and it's so and like distraction and it's so funny and dark and she's like she puts on like she carries the film she's such a good performer and yeah she just is like she just is like singing taylor swift songs on a ukulele and then also like chopping off zombies heads with like a shovel and (laughs) it's so good that Um, sounds great it's um it's pretty dark and like offensive actually there's like there's a character that josh gad plays he's like a children's entertainer that also gets trapped there and he turns out to be the worst person (laughs) and um yeah anyway it's really wackadoo and weird but i had a great time and spoiler alert none of the kids die so you don't have to be scared oh that's actually really good to know i uh i've i've meant to i've meant to watch it a bunch of times and just haven't for some odd reason i'm not sure why yeah, these things happen. But, um, can do we have a, a moment to talk about something I've been watching that's not uh, on the TV or any of those things? Where is it? Is, uh, is it in real life? No, well, I mean, kind of, sort of. So, um, uh, since COVID has hit, and at the encouragement of wife of the show Ellen Legui, uh, I have been on a small app called TikTok, <gasps> which I don't mm. understand, and I I still wrestle with. There's some good stuff on TikTok. There's some. There's a lot of bad stuff on TikTok. However, I would like to bring up uh, the person everyone's talking about, which is Dogface Two Hundred Eight and yes. his skateboarding video. It's actually Dogface Four Twenty, but is it? Okay. It says Two Hundred Eight on here. Why is it? I swear uh, it's Four Twenty. Maybe he changed that's it. That's what I googled, but it says yeah, Dogface Two Hundred Eight now. Anyway, okay, I googled, or it's Four Twenty Dogface Two Hundred Eight. That's what it is. There we go. We did it, Sonia. Um, if you have not seen the clip of the man who once was an Idahoan potato farmer rolling down what seems to be a highway drinking a full two to three liter ocean spray cranberry juice uh, to Fleetwood Mac's dreams. You should check this out because it is quite an expression of something. And um, dude's freedom, I would say. I would say so. But like, (laughs) he's he's gotten like several million dollars from the clip and subsequent ones. Got a new car. Ocean spray gave it to him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's uh, it's just kind of crazy, and then you see all of like the drummer of Fleetwood Mac. Uh, he's doing it. Uh, the leader of the NDP has done it. The whole uh, CEO of Ocean Spray, a whole bunch of people. Anyway, it's just kind of a fun, uh, crazy thing that I think. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Everyone should check out. Um, Jared, just a quick question: How long have you been using TikTok? Uh, I've been on it. I don't know. I'm gonna say a month, and then I actually logged on like a couple weeks oh. ago. Oh. Yeah, yeah, see, it's going to take a minute for the algorithm to truly it's, know your it's, soul. It's still really, then, like, I'm. it's still heavily showing me lesbian TikTok. Yeah, you're TikTok. still getting full straight TikTok. You no, don't need that. No, no, I'm deep into lesbian TikTok now. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm happy yeah, for you. They, but, they yeah, got the, some the quality algorithm, content, yeah. It takes a minute, but once it truly knows you, everything you see will be to your liking. Yeah, no, it's, okay, it's still not there yet, but I still no. do see, yeah. Uh, but, uh, I think I have a problem with the repetition, which is what TikTok mm. is having trouble with yeah. with me, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't well, matter. That's the real horror movie, you guys. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, okay. We'd like to thank Saskatoon's the Garys for letting us use their song, Manituna, for our theme song. Thanks to CJTR and all of you for letting us your ears. The show's broadcast Wednesdays at six, Thursdays at noon, and is available as a podcast on the CJTR website, Spotify, and Apple Play. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so give us a follow and have a great night. 
Bye. Bye. See you.